the OK Podcast. This is Hayden. And this is Kamila. And today we have a very in-depth topic about Menharike with you. But first, before we get into that, we need to discuss the new format of our podcast. Usually, right now, we'd be talking about the guests we're going to interview later on in the episode. But we're doing a, a new format where we maybe do an in-depth discussion about a topic uh, between me and Hayden, instead of having a guest every single episode. We are going to be having guests still, though, but it's going to be more of a sporadic thing. It's going to be more of a treat. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So we will let you know, of course, ahead of time when we are going to be having a guest in. Yeah, and that way we can do more research on a certain topic, because I noticed in our interviews there'd be like these really awesome topics that come up, but we can't really go in depth into them because... We need to focus on our guest. And also, this is a great way that we can open up discussion to our listeners and ask you guys for uh, input and your opinions on the issue. All right. And now we're going to roll into the stuff that we do every month. We are going to be talking about our local events and topics. Right now, RuffleCon is going to be going on this month, November 10th through 12th at the Sheraton Stamford Hotel. Yeah, I know a lot of different like indie designers that are going to be there. And I really wish that I could go like I've never. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> like it's always like that November, October month is like difficult because it comes up to that holiday like section. You have you have Halloween, you have Thanksgiving, or yeah. as it should be, Indigenous People's Day. Yes, yes. And you have to, like, kind of juggle, like, am I going to spend money traveling to Connecticut? Or am I going to try to save up money to see my family and different things like that? So. Exactly. It's really difficult. In case you don't know, RuffleCon is the Lolita J Fashion convention that happens every year. It's like one of the only fashion concentrated conventions. I can't really think of too many other like events that are that is so like uh, fashion focused. Yeah. So it's basically like a giant J fashion meetup for everyone to go to. Yeah. And there's lots of tea parties and fashion shows. And then with its tickets, it has like sort of a different format and like you're kind of buying into different parts of the event. Exactly. It's a little, it was a little weird to try to navigate. I tried to figure it out. Yeah. It's a little difficult, but overall, I think it works for what they're going for. I know they had a hard year with the whole, what was the uh, pattern making company? Um, Simplicity? Nicole? Yeah, Simplici- Simplicity. And Simplicity came out with some Lolita geared patterns. And it seems like they were possibly ripping off some of the designers that they may have seen at RuffleCon. Since oh RuffleCon had Simplicity as a like main sponsor of the event. Oh, no. Yeah. So amid all of that controversy, they had to remove Simplicity from being involved with the event at all. Wow. And it was almost in danger of not happening in the first place. Really? Yeah, because it was a major contributor. 
I never heard about this. Oh, really? You didn't? Yeah, it was like a big deal because there was just like a few different designers that frequent um, RuffleCon that were like, oh, this is like my design. And um, I think they had like a dress pattern and they had like some accessory sort of things like this bear sort of hat thing. And man, I can't remember what the other thing was. But yeah, it, it caused a huge like uproar and for them to respond swiftly and like in a huge way like I didn't I didn't think that they were going to get rid of simplicity totally I thought they were going to place some more like restrictions Mm -hmm. on what simplicity can do or you know watching for things in the future but yeah they totally just got rid of them as a sponsor in the first place yeah you got to protect your artists yeah exactly I mean the the other controversy is just like was that stealing or is a certain thing like inspiration like is it inspiration right right maybe Um, that's another topic we can talk about later yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) so moving on to our kawaii spotlight puvatel has released new halloween and uh, spooky themed merchandise in their etsy shop these came out right on halloween everyone was really excited for it because they had been posting these different like shots and outfit shots and i really enjoy the artwork and the menhara k theme so i think it was like a perfect release for being on Halloween. I really like the TV pin. It's really cute. But I also love technology, so that just might be me. Um, <laughs> it's A lot of it is based around, like, it looks like acrylics, and there is a lot of Menhara-based and themed items. But also, like, technology mixed in. Um, I think the story behind the release is existence is futile, and there's this AI being brought to life and already dealing with depression and, like, feeling. It's kind of, like, got that storyline to it, which is why it has, like, it's almost looks, it almost makes me think of a sound wave or the heartbeat sort of lines at the end. I'm just curious as to why it was released on Halloween. Like, of course, it's thematic. It works. Yeah. But I would think that people would want it before Halloween, before Halloween so they could, so wear, they could it. wear it on Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about, like, holiday releases and stuff. You never know if you should do before or during or after. Yeah, before, during, or after. Uh, but it can take a while to get all of these items together. I think it was just to be in time for OniCon. I think mm. at OniCon, she was there selling the work or, or being involved in a fashion show, possibly. So maybe it was more of an earlier release for the convention and then a later release for online, possibly. Yeah, that's very true. She's- and she also sells stuff in this theme. Maybe not exactly the existence is futile storyline, but many of her items are very, like, creepy, dark. If you're buying from Puvatel, you know, you wear dark things all year round. Very true, very true. Mm-hmm. I mean, but don't J fashioners always look like wearing costumes? Yeah, right? It, like, Halloween is kind of like our one time that's like, we can almost be accepted. Almost. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I didn't even dress on Halloween. And then two days before, I was in J fashion just around town. And this mm-hmm. lady was like, oh, I love your costume. And I go, thanks. It's not a costume. Yeah. And she's like, oh, 
I'm sorry. I'm like, you're okay. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yay, someone will actually compliment me and not think like, you're dressing weird for your age or why are you dressing like this? But then it's also like, you're still wrong though. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's a very interesting thing to have to deal with. Yeah. And I guess for Halloween, I was just a normal person because uh, I'm never a normal person <laughs> any other day. And so now this is kind of our little news bit. Um, yeah, our personal news. Yeah, personal news. Uh, we have it labeled as news talking points and topics. Um, I wouldn't really say it's like local news because <laughs> it's our thing. It's our personal news, yeah, which I yeah. think that's a good descriptor of right. it. <laughs> so over... Uh, I guess like the weekend before Halloween when usually people have a lot of like Halloween parties and things like that, me and ooh, okay, me and Raina, yeah, Raina, Raina yeah, that's that's okay. So I'm gonna start that sentence over. So during the weekend before Halloween, usually there's a lot of like Halloween parties and things like that. So me and Raina decided to host a like supernova birthday party sort of event. Um, me and Raina have birthdays in October and we decided like, oh yeah, it'd be cool to have like a birthday party together. And then also combine our, like, new interest in Ishoku Hara, which is this, like, alien garu, like, um, subgenre. It's kind of, like, mixed together, and you paint yourself in body paint, but then you kind of wear, like, um, maybe, like, garu clothes or... Uh, or Uchu. Or Uchuke or things like that. So, um... By the way, shout out to you guys who corrected us on Uchuke. Oh, yeah, the spelling. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank like... you. We very much appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Maybe it was, like, thinking about Uchu and I put K together and, like, Uche. <laughs> Uche. But, yeah, anyway. Um, it was really fun. We yeah. went karaokeing. We grabbed uh, food beforehand. And food after. Yeah, and food <laughs> after because we are a bunch of hungry kids. Um, yeah. It was really interesting because I was the first one to arrive at the restaurant, and I was wearing a, kind of a combo Fairy K Lolita outfit with some simple uh, galaxy makeup on my face, oh, yeah. just around my cheeks and my nose. Yeah. And people were... Space prince. Yes, I was a space prince. <laughs> and people were kind of already looking at me like, what is this person doing? They were not prepared. I told them, we're going to have about seven to ten people arriving. Yeah. They did not know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because in walks Kamila <laughs> and Reyna. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah, Reyna was in this, like, kind of, like, uh, aqua colored face paint and had, like, these glowy um, contacts in her eyes. Bright yellow wig. Yeah, bright yellow wig. And then, like, I think this, like, black outfit that was all like shiny and stuff but it had like bones on like the top of it and stuff it was really cool um and then i was like in this like pink space outfit with like a heart cut out in the middle and some like really big pink moon boots and purple face paint yeah and purple face paint with like stickers on it and pink hair so it was like Oh, hey, we're here. And I had, like, these, like, antennas coming out of... Little uh, puffball antennas. Yeah, little puffball antennas. So that was, like, 
It was also very cold, but I think it we was survived. freezing. <laughs> yeah, I was a precursor, and even then, they were not prepared for what we had in store for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there was even more people that showed up in um, face paint at the karaoke lounge. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, a couple of Reina's friends yeah. were dressed up with like pink and face paint or was it pink and red or yeah I think it was red and mm, pink I don't know yeah we get like so confused on our colors because inside of the 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 lounge there was all these like colorful lights and stuff and so it wasn't giving like an accurate color accurate color but they had googly eyes stuck to their faces and it was super cute and I loved it yep yep and so before we get hold on I gotta adjust All right. So before we jump into our discussion topic, we do have two more things to talk to you guys about. We want to make it known that our Gmail is there for you guys to send us topic in or topic ideas. Yeah, let me let me back that up. So we do want to make it known that we have a Gmail account and you guys are more than welcome to send us emails, whether it's for topic discussions, if you want to be a guest on the show and you li- and you live around Chicago. Oh, questions. Yes, questions for us, questions mm-hmm. for potential guests. Mm-hmm. Our Gmail is, let me see, where is it? Our Gmail is ok.podcast at gmail.com. It's ok. It's okei.podcast. Cool. Oops, way too far down. <laughs> so do you want to talk about sponsors or Oh, sure. Uh, what are we gonna what are we trying to say for them? To Just like- basically like we are opening up to sponsors if there are shop owners or if there's any like any businesses out there who and want to. And should we tell them just email us? Yeah, just okay. email us and we'll give you the specs. Okay, all right. And we're also opening up sponsorships. So if you're a like kawaii business or some or even just something that you think might appeal to our audience, it doesn't have to be like a clothing item. You can email us and we will pause um just because like we might get sponsors from like squarespace i mean that's like way in the future because probably not now but we just want to like open it up to anyone yeah 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 so like let's redo that just like try not to restrict it okay okay uh okay all right so we are also opening up sponsorships so if you're a business that thinks that your product or service would appeal to our audience, you can email us and we will give you the specs and the details on how we can make a shout out for your company. Yeah, thank you all so much. All right, and now we are going to jump into our discussion. We do want to give a precursor about this. We are going to be discussing Menhera K and for some some pieces. (laughs) And for some people, this can be a very sensitive topic to them. We are going to be talking about self-harm and we're going to be talking about suicide. And these are very sensitive topics. So we just wanted to let you all know if you're not comfortable with that, you're more than welcome to tune out. That is completely okay. 
Yeah, and our topic with Menhera Fashion is what does this style say about mental illness if it says anything at all? So Kamila did the majority of the research into this fashion because So Kamila did the majority of the research into this fashion, so I'm going to let her give a precursor. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, well, Manhara fashion can be somewhat, somewhat controversial. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Manhara fashion can be somewhat controversial just by, like, just looking at the face of it. It's got um, characters that have these, these injuries, um, bloody noses paired with smiles, um, bandages, possible, like... Um, mutilation and it's kind of like you can look at it and think like what's going on like why like why why what is this what is this trying to say you know um and i wanted to do some research into what does this all mean for those that wear the fashion and what do they want us to know about them or what they're going through um we both have our own interpretations of the style just by coming across others that wear it. My interpretation was that when I first saw the style, I thought it was just an aesthetic featuring broken but happy characters or that it was just a creepy cute variation. I didn't really think about how it related to the personal experiences of those who wore it. However, I was concerned about the self-harm images and why those were being used. Presently, I think the style is very interesting on how it brings up mental illness and can be possibly therapeutic. And I, when I came across Menhera, I was really, really taken aback. Um, I felt like it was really glorifying mental illness and self-harm. Um, and I still kind of feel that way. But I do understand the desire of making someone's individual journey through mental health something beautiful. Um, because everything is personal to mm -hmm. someone and everyone is going through their own things. I really feel that as long as it's not glorifying self-harm or making self-harm something edgy and cool and pretty, that it's okay. It's kind of in that gray area for me. Yeah. I can understand how people use it as a coping mechanism, um, but for me, it's just kind of a touchy, sensitive topic. Yeah. So there are some... Mm, one sec. So we're going to start with the basics of menhara K. Uh, menhara is a Japanese slang derived is a Japanese slang term that means mental healther. Or for some of the sources that we found, it meant me mentally unstable. Um, yeah, which is something that gets into a bit of an iffy subject. Yeah, exactly. Um, with those like words and descriptors, it's kind of like. Is that a negative? Is that a positive? Um, but I think that's also the nature of this style, like kind of like bringing that up. Um, Menhera is not said with the usual K descriptor afterwards. In fact, it can be considered disrespectful to add it. Um, this, I feel, contributes to Menhera describing something that goes beyond fashion and more so describes an experience. Mm. And a lot of the characters that are being used for Menhera are 
typically depicted with smiles, even though they have a lot of serious injuries, um, mm-hmm. which can lead for some people to think like, oh, this is glorifying abuse or self-harm or injuries. Um, but for a lot of the people, for a lot of people with mental illness, it's hard to talk. Tark. <laughs> for a lot of people with mental illness, it can be hard to talk. It can be hard to talk about the dark and the ugly of our thoughts. Um, and who? There's not a lot of people in society who want to see that. Um, but the pastel colors and the really and but the pastel colors and the sparkles that are laid over blood space blood that are laid over. <laughs> Overlaid upon... Here, let me... Okay. But the glitter and the pastel colors that are overlaid on bloodstains and the frilly eye patches and bandages, um, it makes it seem bearable and kind of pretty. It gives it an aesthetic appeal to the gore that's there. Yeah, I kind of thought of it as a... Like a a perseverance through a painful existence. You know, like even though you're suffering um, through, like, maybe some sort of, like, hard time, you can still find a way to be happy in the midst of it. Um, yeah, like, just, I don't know. It's kind of like being like being able to accept it for what it is. And there's a lot of people in the community who really use Menhera as a banner, and they flaunt their... Um, I don't want to say flaunt because that seems mm-hmm. negative, um, but they really show off what they have in their basket of mental health issues, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, for example, um, Ao Uni, who organizes a yearly art fair called the Menhera Exhibit in Japan, proudly waves the banner of Menhera and even tweets from the hospital during visits. Could you imagine being so open about your imperfections? I mean, that's just just like instead of just being like, oh, OK, I got, you know, like you don't want to talk about like, say, like, oh, the the medications you're taking on a daily basis or maybe a setback that you've had and maybe possibly through the Menhera K community. I mean, ooh, oh, I said K. Oh, die. <laughs> Slain. Oh. OK, I'm going to go back. Yeah, so maybe you don't want to talk about um, the medications that you're using or setbacks that you may have had, but through the Menhera fashion community, it gives you an, a way to talk about that that's acceptable, possibly. Yeah, and the artist who uh, popularized the style, Kua Oyasumi, is what they use a lot of sexually graphic imagery too. Um, mm hmm. And they use a lot of physical and mental trauma, and if um, they use a lot of physical and mental trauma that a lot of people feel disconnected from in their everyday life. Um, but like I said before, some people use it as a coping ne- mechanism. Yeah. It could be therapeutic to some. Um, and also it could just be like just into – looking at that sort of work and just thinking about those topics. Um, and, I, and I think that it can be sensitive. Um, a lot of the darker subjects can be sensitive within the Menhera community still. 
Um, are there t- are there some topics that shouldn't be depicted in this way? Are those that do not experience chronic mental or physical illness welcome to enjoy this fashion choice? It's it's a really convoluted topic yeah. to talk about just because there is a lot of gray area, and I feel that this is kind of a gray fashion. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, our world is not black and white. It is definitely gray all over. Um, so I think it's just a matter of finding that balance between yeah. the dark and the light and making sure that it's not yeah. glorifying things that can harm people. Right, because when I first saw it, I kind of just thought it was just an, exte- an, an aesthetics choice that like people just was like attracted to. Like I wasn't like like I said before I wasn't really thinking about like oh this is trying to like talk about something that the person who is wearing it may actually be going through. Um but then when you look at the the things the depictions of self-harm say in the Menhera Chan the um, unofficial mascot of Menhera, um it was created by Basuko Izaki. And she seems like a happy, cute girl at first with, like, pink hair, colorful eyes, and kind of like a schoolgirl outfit. And then you realize that one of her main trinkets is a cute mini blade, and she has self-harm scars on her arm. Um, These subjects aren't to be taken lightly. Sometimes this fashion can be walking the line between glorification and aesthetic venting. Yeah, and in a way it is kind of like vent art and I understand that. I think we've all have gone through rough times and made art based off of what we're feeling. Um, Definitely, yeah. But it can be it can be very difficult when you're seeing things in such a positive light that it can be seen as glorification. Yeah. For some it's a um a combination of aesthetic and personal connection to the struggle. Um, we went to some different online forums to ask those who wear Menhera for their input on what attracted them to the style and whether they have a personal connection with it. Um, and so Aurora Farrow commented, I've been mentally ill for years and years, and even now that I'm cured, I feel like Menhera has something special for me. I can express my feelings and my memories about that period and feeling quite as fuck at the same time. I love medical and creepy aesthetic kinky elements and the palette about this style so much. Zoe Boyer felt that the aesthetic drew them in at first, um, and then the aspect that they could express feelings about their mental illness that may otherwise be too taboo in a cute way was something that kept them. Um, and they said, quote, so many people can relate to Menhera, whether they're mentally ill or not, and there's really something for everyone in it. Yeah. Others feel that Menhera is therapeutic for them, and this is the main reason for its favoritism with them. Sorry. For Imani, Menhera holds a deep place in their heart as a culture that can allow them to express themselves and vent without going forth with doing the actual thing. Which is completely understandable. I think there are always times where self-harm is at the back of our minds. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I personally have had those types of thoughts and then managing to get it out through art 
and just being able to know that like, hey, you did something without actually doing it can right, be like a right. good pat on the back for people. Yeah, or even just trying to express that you were thinking about it. Like say t- doing like a a Facebook status, that's going to that's so that's really putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Like even though it's still not like talking directly to a person, but just saying that, "Oh, you're having these thoughts." It can kind of put like a negative taste in other people's mouths. Um Whereas just wearing clothing with this character and it's like a story, you don't know exactly what's going on with the person who's wearing it, um, but it can just feel like it's a little bit of an outlet. Exactly. And especially in Japanese culture where mental illness and mental health is very much stigmatized, Mm. this can be a very therapeutic and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Never mind. Um, this can be seen as a, as very much a therapeutic type of fashion for them. Many brought up that perhaps some parts of the style are not for everyone. Charlie Skye explained the hospital motifs such as syringes and bandages aren't really exclusive to people with illness. That stuff is very general with hospitals and doctor's visits. The parts of Menhara that I'm referring to are the trigger warning, suicide, and self-harm. We're about to talk about that. Nooses and accessories that look like self-harm scars. Even fake bruises feels kind of disrespectful with that, with that, oh, okay. Even fake bruises feels kind of disrespectful, but that, but that's debatable. Menhara can be a very fun fashion for everyone, but when it gets too close to mocking or glorifying suicidal ideation, self-harm, and other stuff, it becomes very not fun for the people that actually have to deal with that stuff. Yeah, I remember when I first came across it, I was shocked because I thought you're, I thought people were making fun of something that they, or I thought that people were making fun of or glorifying something that I had personally experienced and it felt mocking. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot in our um, culture, we we talk about like dying and hurting and killing ourselves in a very just flippant manner. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have like memes, we have Facebook frames, we have like just like K-Y-S. Yeah, yeah. K-M-S. Yeah, K-M-S, yeah. And you're just like, or you do something embarrassing, and you're just like, oh, kill me now. And then it's kind of like, it's really interesting. It's just like, how serious is that? Like, should we be doing that? Yeah. And it feels like almost like with Menhara, it's kind of a similar expression of just like, oh, kill me now. But it's just like, really, though, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it's like hard to know, like how serious this is being taken or whether it's a joke or whether this is, you know, a a source of venting. Mm -hmm. Kiana added that um, and she's quote, this is a quote. I love the doctor, hospital, pills, and other slight gore aspects. But when I see things like razor blades and self-harm being sold as a product in pins, buttons, clothes, etc., 
depicted in artwork is fine as it could be vent art but not sure it really bothers me and i feel like it should be something only people who have experienced it can wear if at all otherwise it is a bit insulting especially because you don't know where people are in their personal journey yeah um that's why i try to abstain from those types of motifs Mm -hmm. just because there could be other people walking on the street and if i'm wearing a razor blade around my neck, other people can see that and it could spark their desire for self-harm. Oh, yeah, that's so true. Even with like saying um, there's this phenomenon when you even read a story about suicide, it makes it causes this uh, domino effect of other people um, committing these acts just because they've like read about it and kind of been inspired by it. So um, like with that in mind, wearing something that's like showing that can definitely, you know, you can definitely think about possibly triggering someone else to do the same thing. Um, I've seen some of the pins that have nooses. It'll be like a heart pin and then there's like an illustration of just a a noose inside of the button and and that kind of like shocked me even more than even more than the um I guess razor blades or self-harm marks because I'm just like it's so finite yeah that type of you that type of motif implies something so final Right. And the heart around it, I'm just like, so is it you love, like, feeling like you would want to do this? Like, I don't, like, I, I'm trying to, like, figure out, like, what is the sentence and what is the message of of that button? And I know that you could just take it as just like, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's just saying, like, yep, I have these thoughts. That sucks. Yeah, um, there's... And there's very much a difference between of I accept myself where I am in my Mm, journey, which is completely okay. Everyone is at their own point in time and in their own point with their mental health and everyone is changing. But then there's a difference between there's a difference between accepting where you are in your journey and saying, I'm going to stay in this rut and I'm going to make I'm going to make it okay for myself to wanting to kill myself, which is not. Well, I mean, those thoughts are normal and I don't want to say normal. Normal. Those thoughts happen. Yeah. And like I said, everyone's at their own point. um, But it's a matter of making it acceptable and making it a thing that is so flippant. Right. And I also want to think like want to talk about like the making it a trend. Exactly. You know, there can be people who don't really um you know, have these sort of thoughts and experiences that are just latching on to it because it seems like the cool thing to do or to feel um yeah, it it's kind of it almost reminds me of like you remember when we were like emo and it was like, but it was like way, that's way less serious. That's just like oh, it's cool to be moody, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's kind of like taking it a step further. Um, 
and I and I kind of like don't want it to be these things to be marketed as like it's cool to feel that way because then you can actually end up feeling that way. Exactly. So it's just like, yeah, it's it's hard. It's very much a gray area, and we would love to hear more about your thoughts mm-hmm. on this. Please leave us comments, send us emails, um, talk to us about this. Again, yeah. we always love to hear from you, and I always encourage we always encourage you guys to tell us your opinions on our topics. Yeah, definitely. And, okay, so this has really been an insightful research project for us. And yeah. before we go, I would, Kamila, I want to know what your new opinions are for Manhara after, before, because we covered what how we feel before. Yeah. How do you feel after doing this? I definitely feel like I, I know more about the style, especially when I'm, like, researching the artists and designers who created the who popularized the trend in fashion and i guess i i'm thinking about more about how it can have um a negative impact but also there's this other these there's these other positive impacts like someone was talking about how some of the the blogs um featuring this the style has self-help or self-care tips or, um, you know, articles about coping mechanisms. And and I think that that's a way that Menhara can, can be a positive. And if it were to just keep going in that direction of just like, okay, um, accept where you are right now in the journey, but things, you know, maybe can get better or... Um, or you could just make this one day or one moment um, better. I think that's like a really good way um, that this style can still be a source of like venting and expressing the the negative side of these of these feelings, um, and moving and helping someone like moving forward rather than like let's stay in this because this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. sort of message um so yeah so i so it's definitely like opened my eyes to how complex the fashion is yeah it is really complex and after doing this i really learned about how not to take things at face value because mm-hmm. you really don't know a person until you know them yeah and just seeing something and immediately saying like this is wrong or this is right is mm-hmm. not okay because we are very much in a gray world and we don't know everyone. We don't right. know where a person is in their journey. We don't know why they do the things they do. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to like get to know people and right. ask them, ask questions, talk with them. Discussion is so important. Yeah, discussing it with the other members I was thinking like, oh, okay, a lot of other people feel the same way. Like, it's just not like, oh, yeah, like depicting, you know, suicide. Yeah, it's totally fine. I don't feel anything when that artwork happens. It's just like, no, people are thinking about that. And they're they're having a nuanced response to uh, the artwork. Exactly. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, I did want to put in a closer all right thank you all so much for listening to us if you enjoyed this please share it on facebook share it on twitter yeah. share it 
any type of social media, word of mouth is the best way on word of mouth is the best. What's the word I'm looking for? The boys do something. I forget. Is the best way to help us out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Word of mouth is the best way to help us out. We are still a very small podcast. Yeah. We we have garnered over 100 likes on our Facebook, which is great. But, of course, we want to make our reach to an even wider audience so we right. can talk more to people about J Fashion and learn more about it with you guys. Yeah. So if you could share this on your social media, that would be great. And we thank you all so much for listening. Yep. Comments are welcome. Oh, man, we'd love a discussion on this or just, you know, like we said before, giving us uh, comments through email or anything like that. That would be awesome. Um, Yeah. Really excited. All right, y'all. Until next time, this has been OK Podcast. I'm Hayden. And I'm Kamila. See y'all next time.